as women data scientists we have to prove ourselves to the world all the time we live in a very competitive world we needed to show ourselves off so we wanted to try multiple hats switch between an entrepreneur a developer a solution architect a researcher or maybe just a few more the next big question for us was how do we get this data so one of the major challenges was to get our hands on a very on a quality data set because even if such data was available this data was highly unstructured and second we did not have a real environment to run it on so given all these restraints we decided to go with publicly available data sets we intended to make a solution as a configurable framework you know with the ability to easily integrate with the multiple data sources of a bank Welcome to Code Without Barriers, a podcast aimed to create awareness, challenge assumptions, and celebrate diversity in the world of coding, deep tech, and data science. We are on episode three. In episode one, we have talked about the importance of the data and various roles in the technology surrounding it. Today, we will look into the area of implementation of data science projects. The term machine learning has been coined in 1959 by Arthur Samuel, and since then significant effort has been put into development of machine learning algorithms. And today we already see the applications with artificial intelligence and machine learning embedded. And this is possible thanks to the development of electronics and compute. So how are the intelligent applications with data science components built? Development of the data science project follows a life cycle. The first step is business understanding. What is the problem the team is addressing and what is the business goal and success metrics involved? Team needs to identify the key business variables that the system needs to predict. It is also important to identify the data sources which could help to address the objective of a project. Not always all the data needed is available. In this case, external data sources could be helpful. A collection of new data might be required by existing systems. The next step is data acquisition and understanding. The goal of this step is to produce a clean, high-quality data set with clear relationship to the target variables. The solution should also address the data set storage and implementation of the data pipeline, which refreshes and scores the data regularly. This step includes data exploratory analysis to provide deeper understanding of the data and its quality and data augmentation. The next step is modeling, where feature engineering, model training and model selection for production are happening. Feature engineering requires a combination of domain expertise and the insights obtained from the data exploration step. Feature engineering is a balancing act of finding and including informative variables but at the same time trying to avoid too many unrelated variables. Depending on the problem framing, there are many modeling algorithms available. During model training, hyperparameters tuning is performed, and sample methods are also evaluated. As a result, the final model is selected based on the model evaluation metrics. And this is followed by a deployment step, when a model is deployed to production or production-like system where depending on the business requirements, predictions are made either in real time or on a batch basis. 
When building data science projects, values and principles of responsible AI should also be followed. The first principle is understanding of the model, which includes model behavior, interpretation and explanation. Model unfairness assessment and mitigation. Model interpretability is critical for data scientists, auditors and business decision makers alike to ensure compliance with company policies, industry standards and government regulations. Some AI systems are more explainable than others, and there is sometimes a trade-off between a system with higher accuracy and one that is more explainable. The second principle focuses on protecting people and their data. It includes prevention of the data exposure and various mechanisms for data encryption, including homomorphic. The last one is end-to-end -end control over machine learning process. As artificial intelligence and autonomous systems integrate more into the fabric of society, it is important to proactively make an effort to anticipate and mitigate the unintended consequences of these technologies. And today, to share their experience in building data science project, we have the members of the team Access Denied of the Microsoft Azure Virtual Hackathon 2021. Three women who are building their careers in tech and who are on a lifelong journey of learning. Akansha is an analytics professional who started her career as a software performance engineer, now is working with fast-growing startups in Southeast Asia over the past five years. She considers data skills a very useful tool to take most of the data decisions even outside of work. Gorkiran is a data scientist, having worked in the insurance, healthcare and finance industries. She has been also teaching data science at NUS and now she pursues master's degree in innovation management and entrepreneurship. Sakshi has started her career as a software developer. After that, she moved to banking and for the past year, she works as analytics consultant. And she is also back to school pursuing her master's in wealth management. Hi Akansha, Gurkiran and Sakshi, welcome to Code Without Barriers. So how did you decide to participate in the hack and what was the initial challenge the team was trying to solve? Thanks, Julia. Thanks for having us here. And thanks for those kind words of introduction. And I think coming back to your question, so we are a close group of friends and we also work in the similar industry. So we would often get together and have like our shop talk. I think it was uh, after one of our after dinner coffee meets where Akansha mentioned this challenge to us. The data geek that she is, she was super psyched about it and about the theme of the hackathon, which was to solve real world business challenges using data analytics and Azure AI. So she pitched the idea to us and we were instantly on board. We were super excited about the challenge. We started working on our problem statement and the reason why we chose the problem statement in financial industry was because all of us have worked or are working in the industry. So we knew the challenges that we were facing and the industry, uh, especially given what times we were in, given the pandemic. So in our initial problem statement, we were trying to address the problem of bad debt in general. But as we proceeded, we realized that during these unprecedented times, even the most robust of industries or small medium enterprises were finding it difficult to meet the repayment obligations. And even in spite of having a perfect record in the past, these stable businesses were granted bank holidays based on their past behavior. 
But however, the default rates were still not improving, rather they were increasing. So that kind of prompted us to change our initial problem statement and streamline it further. And after that, we now focused on targeting the use of AI for predicting default probabilities of SMEs. And we just didn't want to keep it traditional. We thought of a holistic framework. This was still the easy part though. We did face a few challenges and roadblocks on our way, which we will speak about in a minute or so. But the main question was, why did we choose such a complicated thing? Why did we not just limit the scope to a predictive model that was the requirement of the hackathon? Why did we think about the entire ecosystem instead of just the business? As women data scientists, we have to prove ourselves to the world all the time. We live in a very competitive world. And we thought Microsoft Azure Hackathon provided us that platform. We needed to show ourselves off. So we wanted to try multiple hats, switch between an entrepreneur, a developer, a solution architect, a researcher, or maybe just a few more. But yeah, it was a fun ride. And we were being mentored by the industry leaders who were working at Microsoft and other uh, competitive uh, places. And we just did not want this to be an AI model that we were working for, but a future business plan. That's a very interesting problem you are trying to address, Gurkirin, with your team. And I think trying to look at the problem from different perspectives, and as you said, like trying to look from the development angle, the overall architecture angle, and not limiting just for the project being just an AI model is a very important approach. And you have to deal with financial industry problem. How did you source for data? Because I would assume it wouldn't be so easy to get it. And what were the main challenges? To answer your question, yes, we did need years of financial data, you know, to assess the health of a particular SME. We needed the credit scores, which given the sensitivity of the domain was um, not very easily available to us. But uh, having said that, we didn't want to just limit ourselves to these traditional sources. These days with all these big techs uh, using all sorts of their customer data for doing lending and everything, we wanted to go beyond. We wanted to look beyond the historical data and the current data. We needed to see tomorrow's data. you know. And this information could have been as detailed as what people are buying from you, are they saying good things about you, are they complaining about your product. So, you know, we didn't just consider the static data, we went a step ahead, we tried to get all the macroeconomic data, we tried to do uh, social listening, we tried to get Twitter data from, uh, you know, by doing sentiment analysis there. Speaking of the macroeconomic data, what the government was doing to help the industry, especially during the pandemic, were there any bank holidays provided to that particular SME, were there any uh, repayment relaxations, you know, all these things we thought. And of course, none of this information was foolproof, but we really thought that it could add an insight on how a company is relating to its customers. And that's what we thought was really important to look at it holistically. The next big question for us was, how do we get this data? So one of the major challenges was to get our hands on a very, on a quality data set, because even if such data was available, let's say we had the macroeconomic data, we had the Twitter data, this data was highly unstructured. And second, we did not have a real environment to run it on. So given all these restraints, we tried to, uh, we, we found 
publicly available data sets. We decided to go with publicly available data sets. And there were still a lot of variables, a lot of factors that we wanted to consider, but the data was not available. Then we went ahead and built our own dummy data sets. Because having worked in the financial industry myself and Gurkiran, uh, you know, I've worked on the business side, Gurkiran worked on the data side, and Akansha is currently working in the fintech. So she knows the trend of how the data is being used. So given all our experience and our knowledge, we try to build a model that we could structure similar to how the banks will see it in their databases. And this approach would also help in keeping the solution uh, solution framework customizable and so that it could be used across different banks. Wow, that's a lot of work to get your data sources. Uh, and I think fusing them together was also a big amount of work. So which technologies did you use uh, to build your system? Yes, so while designing the solution, uh, as mentioned by Sakshi, we had a lot of constraints in how we will talk to the network uh, on premise network of banking system and how we will, you know, connect the dots between these two systems. So the primary factor uh, to consider was a compatibility with the real banking environment. And also we wanted to make the solution more of a plug and play nature. And hence, we decided to go with Azure ecosystem because it has such great components and utilities and products uh, for our usage. Akansha Sakshi Gurkiran, uh, very happy to have you here. And uh, talking about the uh, implementation, was uh, was anyone of you like familiar with uh, the cloud before? Uh, yeah, I would like to take that question because um, uh, we were actually quite relieved that we had to use Azure for this hackathon and we really needed to thank you for this because, um, you know, all of us, like, especially Akanksha and Pratik, they are like seasoned Azure users, they certified pros, uh, you know, just putting it out there if anybody is interested. And uh, I have worked on Azure, so I uh, it is one of my favorite cloud computing platforms. So. I think we were all quite comfortable implementing our solution using Azure. Of course, we had to dig deeper into the architecture to we explored new elements, but still I would say that we were comfortable. And the remaining part was we come, to come up with an idea and to make sure and to focus on the implementation, which is where Gurkiran jumped in with all her knowledge and experience in banking and data. and. Uh, so combining all our expertise, we tried to fix the loopholes in uh, using the cloud tech in such a controlled environment such as the financial industry. Wow, that's awesome to have a mix of people with uh, different experiences. So which components did you use? So I think uh, while designing the overall architecture for this solution, we carefully examined a lot of different components that Azure uh, provided us. And we actually uh, listed down like whatever is available based on the challenges that we are trying to solve. So first was to solve uh, for the connectivity between on-premise banking system, banking network, to the Azure cloud network. So we utilized uh, Azure VNet peering for that purpose, taking into account the integrated runtime self-hosted IR machines and skill sets. Next, 
to work with the data, with actual data, to source actual data, we needed a place to store them. So we went ahead with ADLS, Azure Data Lake, uh, Gen 2, and uh, we stored all the data uh, that uh, we got from the financial institution, like the synthetic data, as well as the open source data there. Next, of course, the most important part, like how to train models, where to train models, and where to deploy them. Uh, we actually utilized the Azure ML uh, for it. And for deployment, we um, utilized the Azure Kubernetes services. Along with all these, we also had uh, Azure Databricks in picture, which is mostly to call Azure Cognitive APIs, Twitter APIs, and to process the data in the format which could be usable by our dashboards. Um, the final part of the solution, of course, is a dashboard that we wanted to have. So basically, for our solution, we wanted to have a website where we could show the insights in the form of a visualization or a dashboard. Uh, so we went ahead with using Azure websites, embedded a Power BI dashboard with it. Overall, end-to-end, -end, uh, we were able to create everything with uh, using Azure ecosystem. And this solution had a complete capability of connecting on-premise banking environment, fetching the data, and to show the results in the form of a dashboard. And uh, we would really like to thank Azure to give us this whole uh, ecosystem because we were able to implement the solution without spending too much time uh, creating everything from scratch. That's great to hear that you've been using so many Azure services and that you have brought them into the final picture of your solution, which is really end-to-end -end, from getting the data to the data visualization and surfacing their results for the decision makers. So that's quite a number of components you had to consider. And uh, of course, if you are building not a silo system, you have to consider integrations aspect. But going back to the data science, there are many models and like many machine learning algorithms available. Which algorithms uh, did you select and use and what was important for that? Okay, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, as we mentioned that most of work went into creating an ML model. So we initially started with, uh, you know, some of the classification, traditional classification algorithms we have. Uh, for example, decision trees, neural networks, or random forest. Along with that, we also needed good uh, metrics to evaluate whether the performance of the model was good or not. So we used area under the curve metric, uh, F1 statistic, as well as recall and precision metrics. Uh, not only this, but we later also experimented with a few advanced models um, using AutoML feature of Azure ML. And this actually helped us with easy deployment of models as API endpoints. Why did you select to try decision trees and random forest algorithms? While deciding any data science algorithm uh, to use for any data set, I think we need to know the data set very well. But we had this issue that, okay, we, didn't, we don't know what the actual data set would look like because we were working with uh, synthetic data sets. And uh, our solution was also designed in a way that 
it should be able to you know overcome the unpredictability that we would get from these data sets so we had to use a model which would work well with noise and unpredictability as well so we had uh, of course decision trees and random forest because they work well with the data set that has lot of noise and give higher accuracy as well so we went ahead with them nice so did you look into which variables have contributed the most for the predictions and tried to explain the models yeah yeah of course uh, so i think just to start uh, on this point a little bit the, one of the primary thing that we were trying to solve with our solution was the challenges that we or banking sector has to understand what are the variables behind a credit scoring or credit score a probability score so banking systems they have great credit scoring models but they need a business analyst or a human to basically interpret what variables are going behind that so we used a random forest decision tree models which would give us a list of predictor variable importance but we also used simple business intelligence concept to bridge that gap between data science models and the business owners so we utilized uh, we actually grilled every variable to see how it plays with the predicting uh, variable as well as other variables so for example we found that uh, macroeconomic variables play a very important role in classifying an sme as defaulter based on our model results so we used this variable in dashboard very carefully we tried to plot very simple charts uh, in the dashboard showing properly like how the, these macroeconomic variables play around with other variables so that tomorrow when business user is actually looking at the dashboard they are able to see what is going behind that score that number that we are giving them and there came like all the expertise that we have in banking environment from gurkiran and from sakshi we ran a multiple iterations of the dashboard uh, and utilized like great visualizations provided by power bi and were able to come up with a dashboard be very clearly be understandable by business users model interpretability is a very important aspect of every model being built and deployed so the solution you were building is in financial services industry which has a lot of regulatory requirements what role did this play during the implementation Uh, you have correctly pointed that out regulatory requirements were a concern for us to uh, you know how do we address them so um, because all of us have worked in banks all of us like gurkiran has worked in data i have worked in the business side of it akanksha has done some pretty interesting work in fintech so we knew that this was one of the most highly this was one of the most regulated industries and as such getting uh, getting our hands on the actual data was very difficult so we decided to go ahead and build a poc based on open data sets and uh, the synthetic data that we constructed and given all these restrictions we intended to make a solution as a configurable framework you know with the ability to easily integrate with the multiple data sources of a bank and once the solution was configured the uh, it will allow retraining of the model and generate predictions based on the business use 
having addressed the unavailability of real environment and the data, biggest challenge was how do we ensure the security and how do we ensure that the model complies with the regulatory guidelines. And for that, we built a model such that it would enable secure data transfer using VNet. And additional data anonymization would be done through third-party tools. So overall, uh, it, it took care of a lot of security and regulatory concerns that the banks might have uh, before using a model. That's a lot of things to consider for implementation. And I think a big part of the success of your solution was that you had a good mix of people with uh, domain knowledge and technical knowledge in the team. So how did you know each other and how did you come together as a team? Thanks, Julia. I think I can take up this question. So I would want to take a little credit for all these people meeting and coming up with the novel idea. So Sakshi and I are childhood friends. We grew up together and I met Pratik and Gurkiran during our masters at NUS. Uh, I also used to live together with Gurkiran during the course of our uh, masters. Uh, Sakshi and Pratik were introduced in the process and Sakshi later married him. So yeah, thank you Sakshi and Pratik. Uh, so that's how we all met uh, and we all happened to share a common interest that is all things data. And that's why we decided to enter the challenge as a team. Of course in the financial uh, domain because uh, Gurkiran and Sakshi came with this financial expertise. Now the link is clear. So can you share what are your next steps and future plans? And I will take up that question. We saved the best question for the end. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, we were working on this idea even before the hackathon came along. Although the hackathon did give us a real boost, it gave us an idea uh, to streamline our stuff, take it from such a nascent stage to uh, such a to a, a like an MVP stage. So I think we would give the uh, Microsoft Azure hackathon credit for that. But during this whole duration, we realized that there were a lot of factors that we never thought of considering before, like the fact that a lot of soft data about industries was unstructured. And it was important to take care of all those things. So after the hackathon, we would still meet like usual. We would still do our shop talk and do our after coffee meets, uh, after dinner coffee meets. And we would think about how do we take this to the next stage? And we wanted to better what we proposed initially. Additionally, uh, Sakshi and I, we went back to school. We're learning new things. We're gaining new perspectives. And we're trying to look at these problems from a whole different angle. It is absolutely fascinating. It's amazing. And while, uh, meanwhile, Akansha is climbing the corporate ladder. She just got a good promotion, which is great, Akansha. Congrats on that. And um, investing time to make this architecture more robust. We still get together uh, virtually now, of, co of course. No time zone can stop us data nerds. And we do hope to launch our startup as soon as we can. Uh, for all the people listening out there who are looking for an opportunity to invest, congratulations. We are looking for people who want to invest in us. It's a perfect match. Thank you, Gurkiran. It's very insightful to see that you are not leaving your solution and trying to bring it forward and 
develop it more and make it more robust. It's very important. And I think uh, during the hackathon, you had a lot of learnings, which will help you in the future. So thank you, Akansha, Gorkirin and Sakshi for such an insightful conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening in. Please contribute to this conversation. Share with us your thoughts and feedback. Follow us on Spotify and LinkedIn and check out our website for more related content. Tune in next month for another insightful discussion on code without barriers. Thank you.